Welcome to That Thing with James. I'm your host, James, and this is a variety show with no particular niche, baby. It's always about hanging out. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff, maybe we'll learn something new, but it's always about hanging out, me and you. Hey, how's it going? What's up? I hope your week's going well. Mine's going much better. My mood's improved a lot since the last episodes. They were rather dark. Is months and months of darkness. And I think perhaps what's helping is the weather. It's it's quite sunny and not so cold now. In fact, we just experienced spring forward. So today's the day where you lose an hour out of the day. But not really. It's just the clock's jumped forward an hour. Worst day of the year in my book. <laughs> Best day of the year is when you gain an hour. Well, speaking... Oh, God, what's the word? What's the word? Where you make something bigger than it actually is. Not polyamory. What the fuck is it? It doesn't matter. The word where you make a thing bigger than it is. That. Anyway, yes, it's spring forward. I'm recording this on Sunday, March 13th, which means tomorrow is Monday, March 14th, St. Patrick's Day. James here. So, funny story, I said that, well, I did the thing. I do this every year, and I always forget about it. St. Patrick's Day is on March 17th, but for some reason, every single year, I think it's on the 14th. And I'm recording this right now on Monday, the 14th of March, 2022. And one of the first things I did was hop onto Facebook and wish everyone a happy St. Patrick's Day. And then I went on to Twitter and wondered, why, why isn't anyone else saying happy St. Patrick's Day? And then I went to Google and I was like, wait, where's like the shamrocks and leprechauns and shit? And then I went back to Facebook and I saw some comments on my post saying, hey, you're a little early, bud. So then I edited it and uh, explained that, well, I, I do this every year. Another thing I do every year is miss Mardi Gras by one day. So uh, Wednesday, I was like, hey, when's Mardi Gras? And I looked it up and, oh, it's yesterday. So if it is the beginning of the early, if it's early in a year, you can rest assured that I am a day late for Mardi Gras and three days early for St. Patrick's Day. So, ha ha ha, have fun with that. Back to the show. And this is this year's St. Patrick's Day episode, and it'll be spilling in over to the bonus episode as well. Well, this episode won't be coming out until the 18th, so four days after St. Patrick's Day, but fuck it. Let's celebrate St. Patrick's Day for a whole month. Why not? I'm wearing green. I hope you are too. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. So, 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 today I will be talking about a much beloved Irishman, an Irish character, played by a real Irishman named Colm Meany. And this episode will be focusing on the Star Trek character, Chief O'Brien. Uh, but before we get into that, some quick business, as always. Oh, 
actually not as always, something new. I put out the fourth episode of this short series that I'm making, sort of a, I, I initially wanted it to be a comedy, but it's kind of more of a unsettling horror-ish kind of series. It's on my YouTube channel, Listeners podcast audio only listeners if you did not know this show that you're listening to has a full freaking video component to go with it it's everything in the audio but with the opportunity to look at my pretty face and you can find that at my youtube channel called that thing with james now i don't have my own url yet i.e youtube.com slash that thing with James, because unfortunately you need to have at least 100, pardon me, you need to have at least 100 subscribers in order to claim your own custom URL for your YouTube channel, Um, which makes it, there's so many things in this biz that makes it Hard to be found if you're not popular already. Ain't that how it is? You're not rich unless you... You don't get rich unless you're rich already. You don't get famous unless you're famous already. So, it ain't easy, and I'm working my way towards 100 subscribers. So, if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, I encourage you, please come check it out. You get to, once again, look at my pretty face for over 100 episodes. I mean, we're well on our way to 200 episodes. And you can also get, um, you can look at this short series that I'm making called After the Tone. It's a creepy thing. I'm I'm making fun of dual things. I'm making fun of um, some toxic motherfuckers that don't know when to stop calling. And I'm also duly making fun of myself in the past, making some rather cringy calls in the dating realm. Dating, I don't miss it. (laughs) But yeah, fourth episode came out. See, this comes out on Friday. So fourth episode came out on St. Patrick's Day. So go on over YouTube, look for that thing with James, the channel, and you will find it there. And again, if you're not subscribed to the show, Even as an audio listener, please subscribe, share the show with literally everyone, especially dogs, cats too, animals, and trees. I respect the trees, as do the Irish. Also, did you know, and if you didn't know, I put out one new bonus episode every damn week of this show, not not after the tone, that's the short series, of this show. I put out one new bonus episode every week, and you can get access to it for free by supporting the show at patreon.com slash that thing with James. What I mean by that is it only costs five bucks. For just five dollars, you can get access to, I think I'm close, I'm pretty close to 40 bonus episodes now, one new one every damn week, and, uh, and you don't have to pay extra for these episodes or the new ones coming out. Just show your support and help make this show easier for me to make. Patreon.com slash that thing with James. Your support is much appreciated. Also, you can help me by helping harvest content, articles, questions, 
topics for me to riff on, uh, videos, memes, shit posts, just something to talk about on the show. Cause this is a one man show and, um, help helps. You can email this stuff to me and also some much needed validation wink at that thing with james at gmail.com. You can also share some shit posts and videos and memes, etc., at my subreddit, which you can find at r slash that thing with James. You can also find me on social media, mainly Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. My handle on all three is at James J. Asher. And once again, I do encourage you, support the show at patreon.com slash that thing with James. You can find all of this information written in the episode descriptions. You don't have to try to remember it. It's right there to read. Okay, so happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm half Irish. Uh, well, half Irish descent. Um, I'm not from Ireland. I'm from Denver, Colorado, originally. But I've been to Ireland, and it left quite an impression on me. Uh, a, a lasting, lovely impression. I will never forget it, and I want dearly to go back to Ireland. I went over quite a bit of the island. I didn't go everywhere, but mostly on the east. I didn't go north. I didn't go north. Well, and that and that's not to say I didn't go to Northern Ireland, because that doesn't exist. There's only Ireland, and the royals can fuck off. If you're a royal supporter, if you're a supporter of the royal family, I, I urge you to really reconsider it do do some research, education, do some uh, educating of yourself. Learn about the history of the English royal family and see if you still support that bullshit. Well, regardless, I've been to Dublin, Cork, and all sorts of under, other places. I really, really, really liked Ireland, and I also really, really, really like Star Trek. Now, I only really started getting into Star Trek uh, three, maybe four years ago. The past two years, of course, have been rather a blur because of the plague. But um, I started, well, I, I, I grew up, I grew up um, as a little kid. Some of my very early memories are... Uh, sitting in the living room, you know, barely out of diapers or whatever, and my parents watching Star Trek. Uh, uh, probably Voyager. Probably came in Deep Space Nine. It, it, you know, there were reruns and stuff. I was I was born at the end of 1987, uh, like right right near the end. Um, but I think uh, Voyager was probably the one. And then Enterprise is probably the one that I remember my parents watching. And then just reruns of, say, Deep Space Nine and The Next Generation. And I never really watched the original series. I've caught an episode here and there. But um, when I consciously chose uh, a few years ago to really get into Star Trek, I decided the best place for me to jump in would be episode one, season one of The Next Generation. And so I did. And I loved it. Now, if 
I'm sure anyone who's seen the show and enjoyed it will tell you, the first couple seasons are a little slow, a little boring, a little flat. But by season three, the rest of the run of the show is fantastic. There might have been, you can count on on one hand, how many episodes aren't that great. So the series as a whole is fantastic. And right now, I am a little past the halfway point in Deep Space Nine. And there's a character, there's actually, um, there's a few characters who link between um, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Uh, but the, f- the initial one would be Colm Meany, well, the actor, as Chief O'Brien. And um, Chief O'Brien, I, I, I remember, like, in part of The Next Generation, he leaves. He leaves to go on to uh, the Deep Space Nine station. I remember that was a thing because the show had just started and he got cast on that. So they kind of phased him out of The Next Generation, brought him in for a little cameo here and there, but his main gig was the, was uh, Deep Space Nine now. And, um, well, this morning, this morning, I woke up and opened up my Twitter machine, and I saw this article that inspired today's episode. It's about the concept that O'Brien must suffer. So... I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about this. Okay. First off, let's read a little bit about Miles Edward O'Brien from Wikipedia here. Miles Edward O'Brien is a character in the Star Trek franchise portrayed by actor Colm Meany, who, by the way, is in the latest uh, season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I believe season 15. Um, he has a integral role to play with Charlie Kelly. I'm not going to give it away in case you're an enjoyer of It's Always Sunny. And in case you haven't seen season 15, I'm not going to say what role he plays, but he plays an integral role in the story of Charlie. Let me take a quick water sip here. Wet my whistle before we dive in. Okay, let's dive in. Miles Edward O'Brien is a character in the Star Trek franchise portrayed by actor Colm Meany. O'Brien appears occasionally in all seven seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation and is a main cast member in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. O'Brien was originally the transporter chief of the USS Enterprise D. He was later promoted to chief of operations of Deep Space Nine, being portrayed in 225 episodes overall. What a lucky break. Consistent work for an actor. That's great. O'Brien is the Star Trek character with the second most appearances in the Star Trek franchise, second only to Worf, played by Michael Dorn. O'Brien is the only Star Trek character described as both ethnically Irish and born in Ireland. Colm Meany, the actor who portrays him, is also Irish. Casting, according to Colm Meany, At first, O'Brien, quote, was just there, not really established as a character, and that went on for a bit, 
end quote. He has a few lines in the pilot of uh, the Next Generation episode, Encounter at Farpoint, 1987, year I was born, appearing on and off in the subsequent episodes, mainly operating the ship's transporters. It wasn't until the second season episode, Unnatural Selection, that Meanie's character was named, and the second episode of season four, family before the character was given a first name and his personal life began to be developed. However, Meanie came to like the arrangement of being hired on an episode-by-episode basis and was hesitant to sign on as a regular on Deep Space Nine. Along with Worf, Miles O'Brien is one of the two characters that moved from the next generation to be a main character on Deep Space Nine. Rick Berman said the character was named Miles after his nephew. Uh, Character story, backstory. The backstory of the character states that Miles O'Brien was born in Killarney, a town in County Kerry in Ireland, Earth, in September 2,328. He claims descent from the, uh, from, uh, Brian Boru, a, uh, the famous Ardri, or High King of Ireland and founder of the O'Brien clan. His father, Michael O'Brien, wanted him to play the cello, so he pursued this and was eventually accepted into the old, uh, Aldebaran Music Academy, revealed in Deep Space Nine episode Shadow Play. However, a few days before he was scheduled to start classes there, he enlisted in Starfleet. O'Brien can be seen playing the cello as part of Data's string quartet early in the Next Generation episode The Ensigns of Command. In the Deep Space Nine episode Invasive Procedures, it is revealed he has two brothers. The TNG, I'll just say that for the next generation, the TNG episode The Wounded establishes that O'Brien served as a tactical officer aboard the USS Rutledge during the Cardassian War, and that he was emotionally scarred by the Cardassians' massacre of hundreds of civilians on Setlik Three. O'Brien does not remember how many Cardassians he killed, because he killed so many. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Inquisition. In that episode, it is clear that the classic Irish tune, The Menstrual Boy, plays a major part of his journey as a character, an innocent man thrown into the destructive nature of war. He sings the song in this episode and much later in the final episode of Deep Space Nine, What You Leave Behind. Uh, The Menstrual Boy what is the first musical theme to be heard in the flashback sequence in the deep space nine episode bar association o'brien jokingly claims to be a direct descendant of real life irish high king brian boru according to irish tradition all people of the surname o'brien are boru's descendants Later, he speaks more seriously of fict- oh god, I love this one. Speaks more seriously of fictional ancestor Sean Aloysius O'Brien, a major player in one of the first U.S. workers' unions who participated in the coal strike of 1902 in Pennsylvania and was shot, then dumped into the Allegheny River. 
In the episode Rules of Engagement, it is revealed that during Brian's 22 years in Starfleet, he had fought in 235 separate battles and had been decorated by Starfleet on 15 occasions and was considered to be an expert in starship combat. O'Brien is the everyman character. And he also happens to be the one to always suffer. But let's let's take a few steps back here. Let's take a look at Sean Aloysius O'Brien. He wasn't just a hero. He was a union man. Wink. So, in this episode where uh, O'Brien says that and talks about Sean Aloysius O'Brien, uh, there's a bartender named... Quark, a bartender slash club owner on Deep Space Nine. He's a Ferengi and he has a younger, not so bright, but big hearted, uh, much more caring brother. And uh, the brother and the workers are sick of Quark. And there's quite a bit of this in Deep Space Nine. Um, they didn't do this quite so much in the next generation, but Deep Space Nine gets much more. Um, uh, labor conscious, let's say, labor and oppression conscious. So many great episodes. And in this episode, I forget the name of it, but Quark's brother decides to uh, form a union with uh, the rest of the workers at Quark's bar slash club. And he first gets the idea from Chief O'Brien, who talks about his ancestor, Sean Aloysius O'Brien, who was one of the leaders of the 11-month strike at the Allegheny River coal miners' strike in western Pennsylvania in 1902. And, uh, you know, Aloysius, Sean's body was found washed up in the river with uh, 32 bullet holes in him. Or was it 34? And I thought, wait a second, is this a real guy? Did they... Did they uh, weave in a real character with this dude. So I looked it up and one of the first things I found was Wikipedia. And this is just too damn funny. So when I Google it, you know, you get the web link and then a little blurb, the metadata. And, uh, I see some editing notes here on Wikipedia about the coal strike of 1902. And it says here, I just thought you should know I removed the name Sean Aloysius O'Brien as the leader of the strike. This was a character from Star Trek. I could not find any evidence this was a real person. <laughs> so some wisecracker moved in. Someone cracking wise uh, added Sean Aloysius O'Brien into Wikipedia, which is pretty funny to me. Um, but yeah, let's get into this thing. So I mentioned... I mentioned uh, Twitter. I got on Twitter and I found this article. I didn't even go looking for it. It found me. This article about Chief O'Brien, it's at StarTrek.com and it's part of a blog. This article, this installment was written by Jordan Hoffman, published March 13th, 2013 at 11 a.m. Pacific. The title is One Trek Mind. O'Brien must suffer. And there's uh, at the top a picture of O'Brien in probably one of the most gut-wrenching episodes of any TV show I've ever seen. 
Poor O'Brien suffers so much, so, so much. And that's what this article is about. So let's dive in. While individual nations on Earth are done away with by the time of the Federation, it's as plain as the ridged noses on a Bajoran's face that Chief Miles Edward O'Brien is from Ireland, and like the people of that great nation who struggled with famine and political oppression, O'Brien must suffer. Miles Edward O'Brien the link between the next generation and Deep Space Nine, before Worf showed up, is quite possibly the most quote-unquote regular guy in the galaxy. A non-commissioned officer who loves to get his hands dirty. It's men and women like the Chief that are the backbone of Starfleet. There's no Jeffrey's tube he can't climb, no circuit he can't recalibrate, no system on which he can't run a diagnostic, and no Cardassian vol he can't catch. Okay, that last one maybe isn't true. The reason O'Brien is such a relatable character, other than being played by the marvelous Colm Meany, is the way the world, all worlds, had a tendency to deal him a rough hand. Did he complain? No. He soldiered on and moved ever forward. With St. Patrick's Day this week, we thought we'd take a look at Chief O'Brien's unique spin on the luck of the Irish. And so, it's broken down into seven points here, starting with number seven, fixing circuits like an ant. Well, this one isn't too bad, because he shared the indignity of one little ship with Dr. Bashir and Jadzia. While in a runabout checking out a subspace compression anomaly, Deep Space Nine's two main eggheads and one doctor who fancies himself a dashing adventurer wind up getting shrunk to microscopic levels. As luck should have it, that's when the Jem'Hadar launch an attack on the Defiant, in order to save the day, Jadzia must beam the chief and Julian inside the compressed encryption circuits to finagle them manually. And they must be boys in a bubble. Uh, the native oxygen molecules would be too large to be absorbed, so they come with their own sphere of compressed air. One of the things I love about Star Trek is they weave actual science into it, be it theoretical or not. Um, and quick note, that show, uh, The Orville, I consider that the last slash most recent true Star Trek show. The new ones, Discovery, Picard, etc., those are just space adventures. That's not Star Trek. It's star adventures. They lack the thing. They lack the thing. Anyway, back to this article. Once they get to the set of giant microchips and fill up, even though the Orville is not technically Star Trek, it's still the latest actual Star Trek show. And fuck that TikTok channel who says, oh, we love Discovery, etc. It's overacted for one, yada, 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 yada. It's not real Star Trek. It's not that good. And people who jizz their pants over it are just as bad as people who jizz their pants over every fucking thing Marvel puts out. 
It's like Funko Pop enjoyers of content. You just like it because you like the idea of the brand. You don't actually want to critically appreciate the work. Anyway, anyway, back to this. Once they get to the set of giant microchips and filament tubes, it's almost as ridiculous as the moment Spock's a moment as Spock's brain, but it isn't because Meany and company sell it. And it is a tremendous amount of fun. On to number six, Talarian hook spiders. We only ever hear about this incident, but it's still bad enough. The TNG episode Realm of Fear offers a fine message about facing your greatest dread. I mean, Reg, Reg Barclay is a fool to worry about the transporter. It's not like he'll be beamed to another ship and get bitten by gross purple subspace worms that will drive him crazy and make his arms twitch and glow, right? Oh, wrong. Turns out they are disembodied Starfleet brethren floating in a horrible twinkly limbo, but Barclay's forced bravery saves the day. The episode features quite a few conversations with Barclay's most hated man aboard, the transporter chief. O'Brien confesses that as a younger man, he once had to climb inside a Jeffrey's tube to reroute an emitter ray on Zaira 4's starbase. It was infested with O'Brien's most hated critters, Talarian hook spiders, with their half-metered long legs. But he got the job done, so much so that now he keeps a pet Lycosa tarantula, which proceeds to crawl up Barclay's arm. Number five, Kira Yoshi. Whoa, whoa. Are you about to call the chief's own son an example of his bad luck? What's the matter with you? Just hold your thrusters and let me explain. Of course the chief loves his, his family. The fact that he's a family man is part of the reason we care for him so much. But all of that character, um, but of all the characters whose family had to get spun upside down because of difficulties in the real world, it had to be the chief. When Nana Visitor, that's Major Kira to you, cadet, found herself in a family way, DS9's producers came up with a brilliant scheme. Kira, Dr. Bashir, and pregnant Keiko O'Brien get in a runabout accident and, in order to save the lives of everyone, including the fetus, the unborn O'Brien is transplanted into Kira. Because she's a Bajoran with quote-unquote dense blood vessels, Kira must now carry the baby to term. P.S. This idea worked so well, the DS9 producers kinda sorta rehashed it, getting the Dax symbiote with Esri, but that's another story. It's only a big deal because it's the chief. He's a, Here's a regular guy who wants nothing more than to raise his family in peace, and his boss is suddenly carrying his baby. Who needs that aggravation? Before we move on to number four, let me take a quick sip of water re these whistles. Oh, wow, yeah. Wearing these headphones with my glasses kind of pushes the arms into the sides of my head, so I'm kind of propping my glasses up here, up on my face. If you wear glasses, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Number four, having a Donnie Brasco moment. 
in Honor Among Thieves, one of the least thematically typical Star Trek episodes, but not as off the charts as Dr. Crusher falling in love with an Irish space ghost, Chief O'Brien tries to infiltrate the Orion Syndicate by posing as a smuggler on Farius Prime. To do so, he must befriend small-time grifter Liam Bilby and basically get the poor sop killed. Sure, sure, O'Brien isn't the one who pulls the trigger, some Klingons do it, and he may not even be morally culpable, but after you drink and laugh and connect with somebody, it isn't easy to stand by and watch the hand of fate squeeze the life out of someone you like, even if that person has some failings. O'Brien is at least able to save Billy's cat, Chester. Number three, Wild Molly. O'Brien's first child, the adorable Molly, had some great moments growing up on the Enterprise and on Deep Space Nine, and some not-so-great moments, too. Proving she inherited her father's luck is the episode Time's Orphan. During some family time on Golana, the eight-year-old Moppet falls into a temporal anomaly and, when she's pulled out, is ten years older. Not just older, but feral. Retaining almost no language or social skills, though she does remember her parents, she is a savage creature posing harm to herself and others. In one of the saddest moments of all Star Trek, Miles and Keiko realize that the only home for Molly is back on the planet. DS9's producers could go dark, but not this dark. All goes right in the end, but not after an entire episode of Mental Anguish of the Chief. Number two, Menstrual Boy. Star Trek's Star Trek's characters were so rich and three-dimensional that they would allow for flaws even in the utopian future. Sidebar, I have, for years now, had this idea, and I will do it sometime in the near future, but I want to write a sci-fi, it's not a dystopian sci-fi, it's like a, um, a communism gone right sci-fi, much like Star Trek. But there's still drama because you're still dealing with humans and emotions and stuff like that. So it's not a big brother sort of thing. No, there's no no money. There's no poverty or anything like that. But I'm thinking like um, a cl as close to utopian as you can get. But still, it's humans, you know. So communist future gone right uh, with a, um, film with a noir, uh, future neo-noir story to go with it because people are still people. I think that would be really cool. Just a classic sort of whodunit dame, uh, shadow of a dame, uh, dawns your door and yada, yada. It's an idea. I will work on it sometime before I die. So, anyway. Number two, Minstrel Boy. Star Trek's characters were so rich and three-dimensional that they would allow for flaws even in the utopian future. 
Few members of Starfleet engage in radical prejudice, but Chief O'Brien, the honest man that he is, would be hard-pressed to look you in the eye and tell you that he likes or trusts Cardassians. In good salt-of-the-earth form, he also feels a little guilty about this. If you experienced the devastation on Setlik Three, you might feel the same way. O'Brien's pre-Picard captain, Benjamin Maxwell of the Rutledge, was never able to shake off his animosity toward the Cardassians, and in The Wounded, almost allows his rage to kickstart a new war. Only O'Brien is able to talk him down, reminiscing about the death of a comrade they called Stompy, and singing the old Irish battle hymn, Minstrel Boy. In a flash of sadness and regret, Maxwell turns to O'Brien and sighs, I'm not going to win this one, am I, chief? It's a tender moment that the worldly O'Brien knows all too well. And then, number one, the one I alluded to, one of the most brutal episodes of any TV show that I've seen, Hard Time. Holy fuck. In Hard Time... One of the cruelest and most depraved episodes of television ever aired, agreed. Chief O'Brien had to suffer the double indignity of 20 years of mental torture, followed up by none of his comrades getting it. Falsely accused of espionage by the Argrathi, the chief is sentenced to have 20 years of memories implanted in his mind, 20 years of sitting in a near dungeon. Dr. Bashir is unable to repair him, so it is as if he actually experienced the horror of starving in a dark, sandy cell with a comrade that he falsely accuses of stealing and kills O'Brien is unable to acclimate back to station life, and no amount of counseling or friendly behavior can cure him. Toward the end, after almost hurting Molly in a fit of rage, Chief turns a phaser on himself. Dr. Bashir is able to get through him. I'm tearing up remembering this episode. It's a pretty fucking accurate depiction of what PTSD is really like for people. <clears throat> Dr. Bashir is able to get through to him, but not with easy answers. This is a psychological scar that will stay with O'Brien for the rest of his life. Wow, kind of glum. Somebody pour me a glass of Guinness. Is there an example of Chief O'Brien's ill fortune that I left out? Be sure to let me know in the comments, and in honor of the noble chief, the St. Patty's Day, let's shout, Aaron Go Bajor. <laughs> so apparently, it's the O'Brien must suffer thing is kind of rumored as a sort of rule that perhaps I'm, I have yet to find in my <laughs> little bit of research that I started since waking up. Uh, and playing more Elden Ring. Um, there's a little evidence I found, but rumor has it that the producers of the show, understanding that O'Brien is the everyman, and thus probably the most relatable character for every viewer, they make him suffer the most, so as to 
pull the most on the audience's heartstrings. And clearly, with my reaction to remembering hard time, it worked. It worked. So let me read this little thing. Uh, Let's see here. This is on trekbbs.com. Memory Alpha has information about this. I believe it was stated that because O'Brien was the everyman, that people related to him more, so they put him through all this stuff to tug at the audience's heartstrings. So edited to add this little uh, bit from memory-alpha.org slash wiki slash miles underscore O'Brien. According to DS9 executive slash writer Ira Stephen Bear, quote, O'Brien is an everyman. In a show about humans and aliens, he's about as human as you get. And quote. Similarly, Bear's writing partner for f- the first four seasons of the show, Robert Hewitt Wolf, says he's just a regular guy, a guy doing his job, and he's just the most unlikely of all heroes because he's a family man with a daughter and eventually a son and a wife, and they have arguments and a real relationship, and he's just a working class schmo. I mean, obviously, he's a really bright guy and very good at what he did, but basically a working class schmo just trying to get through his day. Um, the DS9 writing staff had a running joke with a semi-annual quote-unquote O'Brien Must Suffer episode. Among these were Whispers, Tribunal, Visionary, Hard Time, Honor Among Thieves, and Prodigal Daughter. Um, according to Ira Bear, quote, every year in one or two shows we would try to make his life miserable because you could empathize with him, end quote. Robert Hewitt Wolf further explains, if O'Brien went through something torturous and horrible, the audience was going to feel that in a way they wouldn't feel it with any of the other characters. Because all the other characters were sort of, I wouldn't say larger than life, but nobler than life. But O'Brien was just a guy trying to live his life, and if you tortured him, that was a story. Sir. Sounds reasonable enough to me. I mean, the logic behind it, yeah. And the Irish people, like so, so, so many people in the world, past and present and in the future, have suffered from shitheads like the British royal family. Whom, did you know, if you go to Ireland, you will encounter just a level of emerald green that you've never seen before, just rolling hills of beautiful, beautiful green. It's, and the people are so fucking nice. I mean, genuinely good, good, good people. But Ireland used to be a densely forested island until it was deforested by the English, as a way to, because nature, and especially trees, were integral to Irish life. Their laws, their faith, um, their shelter, everything. There were laws in ancient Irish law that unless you had, like, went through the proper channels to get the proper permission if you chop down a tree without correct permission, you were charged with a 
level. It was a, a, essentially the, the equivalent as murdering another human. And I'll be talking more about ancient Irish law in the bonus episode and about why Ireland is not so densely forested now, etc. So if you want to check that out, and if you want to check out the other bonus episodes, plus help support the show, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash that thing with James and become a member for just five bucks. That's it. Five bucks. You get all this good stuff and the peace of mind that you're knowing you're getting to help an independent, small-time, one-man creator. Uh, Patreon.com slash that thing with James. Also, um, please do help harvest content. I, I'll use it. I I'm definitely would love for you to help steer this ship. Email me uh, content and ideas at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. Give me shit posts, memes, videos, etc. at my subreddit, r slash thatthingwithjames. And find me on social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. My handle on all three is at James J. Asher. Once again, all this information is in the episode description. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. I love you. I hope you'll stick around for the bonus episode. And if not, I'll catch you next time. Bye.